you're listening to the Healthy Essentials podcast, episode number 32. I am Lindsay Mustard, your host, holistic nutritionist, and doTERRA wellness advocate. I am excited to be sharing today's holiday hacks, and these are my bulletproof tips for a binge-free holidays. After struggling with an eating disorder for close to about four years or so and being on all ends of the spectrum, struggling with anorexia to binge eating disorder to bulimia and some new and up and coming eating disorders, which I'm sad to say are around, I have conquered it and I have made it to to the other side. And now it's my mission and my goal and my essentially my my life's purpose to make sure that other people know how to have a healthy relationship with food, how to feel and fuel themselves and to nourish themselves instead of nurture. So today's episode is all about my bulletproof tax, uh, tips and tax and hacks, I guess. It's a good way of saying it for how to essentially beat your binge cravings in the holidays. And you don't have to be a binge eater in order to listen to today's episode. These are just ways to avoid overeating throughout the holidays, especially when you're around a lot of your friends and your loved ones and your family. So this is just an easy, easy implementable steps and tips that you can do to ensure that you are eating the perfect amount of food for you and your body and your nutritional needs without going overboard or feeling like you are experiencing FOMO, the fear of missing out because you didn't get your holiday fix of your Christmas cake. Before we jump into the podcast, I do want to say thank you to everyone who has left a rating and a review of the podcast. Thank you. It helps pull us up in the rankings and helps with SEO, so search engine optimization, so that people can find us. You know that I am a passionate small business owner, a full-time student, and a lifelong health-loving nutrition and superfood-loving girl, (laughs) and it is something that again, really just fuels my passion, my drive to help and serve others more as much as I possibly can. So thank you so much for, um, again, rating and reviewing and for taking the time to share a snapshot of you listening to the podcast with your friends and your family on Instagram so I can share it in my story. Today's rating and review comes from NS3715. And she says, human encyclopedia, Fun, energetic, and informative. I love all the local product support. All the information feels accessible and not overwhelming. Guys, that is my mission, is to make sure that you know that everything that I am recommending to you guys is implementable, actionable, and easy to stick to for a long period of time. I am not giving you these one fix wonders or these quick diet pills or these weight loss tips to help shed 10 pounds or 15 pounds. If you want that, Google it, but you're not going to find it here. So if that's what you're looking for, adios, it's not your place. What I'm here to do is to share holistic nutrition and healthy living lifestyle tips so that you can fear, feel empowered to make long lasting changes in your life, in your friend's life, and to help essentially live a stronger and just more meaningful life for yourself and for everyone else around you. You are going to become a radiant light for everyone who is surrounded by you and you will essentially be extremely motivating and inspirational to them as they see you take all of these steps to better your health and your wellness and your life and your longevity. So without further ado, let's get in to today's episode. A huge shout out to today's sponsor, Love Good Fats, a Toronto-based company that specializes in making wrapper-looking-worthy keto bars, packed with healthy fats, clean protein, and a whole lot of fiber. 
If you're addicted to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, their chocolate peanut butter will be your new favorite go-to snack. With flavors ranging from mint chocolate to peanut butter, dark chocolate almond, coconut chocolate chip, peanut butter and jelly, and chocolate chip cookie dough, they have a flavor for everyone. The best part about Love Good Fats? Each bar contains less than two grams of sugar and an average of four to five net carbs. Hello, keto-friendly bars. So yes, you can eat healthy and have your chocolate too. And to sweeten the deal, all bars are free from soy, sugar alcohols, and gluten. Order your bars online today at lovegoodfats.ca and use the discount code Lindsay1234 for 20% off your order. Welcome back, guys. Here we go. We are just about to launch into the holiday hacks for a binge-free Christmas and I hope that this episode finds you well. I apologize for not being able to produce this right before Thanksgiving, but you know, at least we're getting it out before Christmas because I think that this will do wonders for everyone as they encounter um, holiday parties and holiday festivities and family events because I know that can bring up a lot of stress for a lot of individuals. So I'm here to help you essentially navigate the waters of the holidays with a bit more ease, a bit more peace, and a lot more food freedom so that you can expend your mental energy by just enjoying your time spent with loved ones and friends and family and enjoying all that the Christmas season has to offer because it's really the season of giving and loving and just being around people that you absolutely adore. So before I give you the tips, and I have 10 of them, and I think they're really good, um, but I'm super biased, but these have helped me immensely, especially as I had to overcome binge eating and not eating enough and then eating too much and then throwing it all up. These are things that I had to overcome and I will sit down and I will share my eating disorder story with you guys and it'll be in actually the next couple of episodes to come. Um, right now I'm at the end of an eight or nine hour recording day and we'll see if I have it left in my tank. I think that just sitting down and doing all these episodes really just gets me on, lights me on fire and lights my heart on fire because I love sharing with you guys. And so I might just keep going. But one thing that I always encourage my clients and my friends to do when they do say that they are really struggling with binge eating and just overeating in general is we have to look at the triggers and why you think you are binge eating. So the first four that I want to list are family triggers. So Oftentimes I would be triggered by, again, a friend or a family member that would bring up stress or these feelings of anxiousness or these feelings of worry. And these, sometimes these feelings of not being enough or not being good enough, not feeling like I was, like I belonged there, not feeling like I was loved. And this is not about my parents in case you're like, in case mom's listening being like, what the heck? No, these are about, um, friends and family members that I was around that I did not feel like I was supported by. And these are friends that I was bullied by. These are reasons why I would overeat and I would binge. It's because it in a way assured me and it gave me that comfort and that support because sugar completely changes the chemistry in your brain. And when you're lonely, when you're sad, when you're depressed, sugar fixes it all for 15 minutes. It feels incredible to, to binge eat on ice cream and cake and cookie and chips and all of these beautifully brain-pleasing foods that get you on this essentially sugar high, it feels really good to escape for a little while. And that's essentially what you're doing is when you are overeating and when you're binge eating and when you feel like you are just taking in hundreds and thousands of calories because you don't feel so great, you're doing it as an escape. And it took me a while to come to that realization, but I really had to step back and look in in terms of what was I trying to escape from? And oftentimes it was those feelings of discomfort and uneasiness and worry and feelings of being alone and just like no one liked me. Those are the feelings that I was trying to overcome. It wasn't because I was hungry. Not at all. I was well fed. It was because I was trying to escape something. 
The second thing is a stress. So whether it is work-related, whether it's personal um, stuff that you have going on in your life, whether it is uh, school-induced, things like that, big, big triggers for a lot of people is stress. And it's an easy way that they can take their mind off something. Uh, a lot of people are productive and they eat while they work. They eat while they drive. They eat while they sometimes work out too. But um, that's one of the big things is stress. And depending on what you're going for, if you're going for chips and cookies and crackers and things that are crunchy, you might be trying to alleviate stress, stress through crunching something. The third way that I found that I was binging a lot was it was my way to to de-stress, to let go. Um, so instead of turning to drugs, I would turn to food and it was because it would numb the pain. It would numb the pain of me feeling like I was going to be left behind. It would numb the pain of me feeling like I would never be good enough. It would numb the pain of me feeling discomfort um, or like I was uncomfortable in any situation. It would really just diffuse it and it would take it away temporarily only to leave me feeling like absolute garbage. 30 minutes later when I was coming off that sugar high and all I wanted was more. And it's because those feelings came rushing back and flooding back in. And I was like, oh my God, I'm still the same person 30 minutes later. I might've just put on five pounds in the meantime though. So the first reason was family triggers and family and friend triggers. Second was stress. Third was my attempt to de-stress and to essentially numb the pain. And the fourth is because I had this now or never food and diet mentality. I was stuck in this routine of feeling like I would never, ever, ever have this again. So I might as well just have all of it now. And when I was overcoming binge eating and when I was overcoming just overeating in general, especially around the holidays and around all of the chocolate and the goodies and the sugar and all of those glorious, copious amounts of delicious tasting food, I really had to look at it and say, okay, Lindsay, this is FOMO. This is you just thinking that you're never going to have this again. Are you really never going to have a cookie again? No. Are you really never going to eat chocolate again? No. I eat chocolate every single day. Dark chocolate and Zazu bean dark chocolate to be specific every single day. Why do I feel like I need to hoard all of this? in my stomach and just eat it in copious amounts now, I don't, I never needed to. So that was the fourth reason why I was binge eating is because I thought that I'd never, ever have it again. And until I flipped that switch and until I realized that I can have anything that I want at any time of the day throughout any point of the year, that I really was able to create food freedom for myself. You have no idea how incredible it feels to keep a food that I used to binge on four years ago in my house now. It was never about the food. It was about the patterning and the conditioning that I primed my brain for because I would go for months and months and months of not eating anything and I would put myself in a, a place of starvation and I was exhausted and I was freezing cold all the time and I couldn't focus and I was just plain wiped out. Like there was no life left in me. It looked like it had been sucked out. That's the place that I was. And when my body rebelled, my body was like, we need food and we need copious amounts of it. And it was really just strung into survival mode. And my body was like, okay, we're going to eat everything now because that's never happening again. So really, instead of instead of coming from this place of, oh, I'm just going to eat an extra chocolate or a piece of candy or so, my body was just rebelling and was saying, we're going to eat all of it so that you are safe, you are protected. So it was my body's way of trying to protect me from anything that could possibly harm me. Because when you are so chronically underweight and you are so fragile, you are susceptible to everything, every bacteria, every virus, every pathogen, any microbe that possibly cracking, um, coming your way, you are so much more susceptible to getting sick from. 
So those are my four reasons for why I was binging. They might be different for you. There could be so many other factors. It could just be a habit. It could be because you're used to overeating and eating late at night because you're, you know, maybe you're single and maybe you're nursing that fact and you're sad that you're alone or you could have been, you know, recently in a relationship and broke up with that person. That's your way of, again, nurturing it. It could be because you're trying to preoccupy yourself and you're wanting to distract yourself and you're wanting to multitask. There's so many reasons why you might binge and overeat. But really, it comes down to you personally figuring out why. What's the cause? What's the root? What's the trigger? Is it just because you have the food on your counter at all times and every time you walk by, you're reminded of it? Great. Okay, cool. Put it in the cupboard. Done. Right? You might think about it, but it's an extra step to open the cupboard, to open the box. It takes you a couple extra seconds. You can really think yourself through and say, okay, am I eating to nurture or am I eating to nourish? And usually it's the first of the two is you're trying to nurture yourself. So like I promised, I wanted to keep these episodes a little bit shorter so that you guys can really just take these information and um, and action-packed steps so that you can put them to use in your life. So without further ado, let's get into the tips. My very first tip is drink lots of water throughout the day. If you are trying to avoid binge eating throughout the holidays or overeating at any of your festivities, Christmas dinners, parties, um, you know, when you're out on a date or something along those lines, drink water and lots of it. I ensure that I am always drinking water throughout the day, liters upon liters, and I make sure I separate it from my meals. I try to finish drinking my water about 15 minutes before I eat, and that's just so I don't dilute any of my digestive juices. I want my digestive enzymes to be on fire so that they can be put to work to digest all of the good food and nutritious food that I am eating so that I don't experience things like bloating and cramp and indigestion. I will frequently add grapefruit and Smart and Sassy essential oil from doTERRA to my water, and that's because grapefruit is fantastic for balancing blood sugar levels, but also for ensuring that you are curbing any cravings, specifically sugar, so they are great for warding that off. I also love adding lemon or lime or tangerine or clementine to my water if I want more of a citrus flair to it, but they're all great for helping me tap into what's called lipolysis and for helping me burn and metabolize body fat. It's incredible for putting your body to use and for essentially starting the machine so that you can burn more body fat and stay a lean, trim machine and efficient machine year round. The second tip that I have is I have non-negotiable self-care practices. And they might slip every once in a while, but for the most part, they are set in stone. I have a strict morning routine that I follow for myself, and this is because I'm in school, but when I wake up, the first thing I do is apply my oils. Second thing I do is, again, water all my diffusers. Third thing I do is I plan out my day. While while I'm planning out my day, I'm typically brewing my coffee, I'm drinking my liter of water, I'm adding lemon oil to it, I'm sitting down, I'm studying for the first two hours of my day every single day, regardless of whether it's a weekend, and then I am getting to work. My routine is pretty set in stone and I have my my dry skin brushing routine and my shower routine and then I have my body oil routine afterwards. My bedtime routine is very similar in the sense of I'm turning off screens an hour before bed. I am, you know, taking my supplements throughout the day. I'm taking my magnesium and my probiotic before I go to bed. I'm using a facial protocol, so a wind down so I have something in place. Having these non-negotiable self-care practices helps eliminate that risk of binge eating or overeating throughout the evening because you know and you can start to signal to your body that it's time to wind down. If you start playing around with your routines and staying up four or five hours later than what you're used to, your body is going to be put off. You're also going to be eating the following day to make up for the energy that you lacked because you didn't sleep enough because your body is so tired. So have these non-negotiable self-care practices before you go and binge eat. Can you grab an essential oil? Can you put a couple drops in your hand? Can you really just take a moment to reflect and say, am I nurturing or am I nourishing? 
And again, it's usually the first, the two. So again, you have all of the power within your hands. You can choose. There is nothing, nothing forcing you to open the bag of chips or the chocolate or, you know, tuck into the next pint of ice cream. There is nothing physically moving your hand in order to do so. It is just your animal brain kicking in and saying, I need food. And that's because you haven't been eating enough throughout the day likely. And then I'll get into my next tip. The third one is blood sugar balancing meals and protein dense food. I tell this all the time to my clients. One of the uh, one of the gyms that I collaborate with here in Ottawa is uh, the Biggest Loser, and uh, it's called the 180 Fitness, and it's out in Orleans. And there's a lot of the girls in the program right now who are just struggling to eat enough, and then they have these hunger pangs, and they're not exactly reaching for the healthiest foods. So I always tell them you need to have the blood sugar balancing meals and the protein dense foods, such as. Again, your proteins could be animal or plant-based. You could do fish, you could do chicken, you could do beef, you could do tuna, you could do, um, you know, chickpeas, legumes, nuts, seeds, things like that. But you need to have these blood sugar balancing foods and protein needs to be the staple of it. Protein essentially helps you shut off ghrelin, which is your appetite increasing hormone. This is what's secreted anytime you see food that you're, you know, starting to get that warming sensation in your stomach. And it's shut off like a light switch when protein and fat kicks into play and it's uh, essentially stopped by leptin, which is your appetite suppressing hormone. This is what is protein's main role is essentially not only supplying our muscles with the amino acids they need to, again, be you know, torn and then repaired by, but we need to have that in place so that our bodies can heal and recover and to essentially be put back to um, its perfect form. So protein is essential for, again, lean muscle, but also for hair, skin, and nails and for protecting your immune system. Blood sugar and balancing meals include protein, fat, and carbohydrates. And again, complex carbohydrates, something that's going to keep you fuller for longer. Um, But they're also packed rich with polyphenols, which are found within antioxidants, which are found within carbohydrates. So fruits and vegetables and things like that. Rule number four, eat before attending whatever party or event that you're going to. I do this frequently if I go out for dinner with someone or I go over to someone's dinner for uh, the night. I usually never know what's served, but I'm also, I also know that I eat more than the average person because I live a very active lifestyle. I ensure that I eat something like a Love Goods fats bar or a small handful of nuts or a tablespoon or two of almond butter. So I at least have something in my system. This sets me up so that I'm not starving when I sit down for dinner, especially if there's like a cocktail hour or something where we're just having drinks and just lounging around. So it's easy to warn off the, um, the appetite or the hunger bug when it strikes. But it's also really good for helping you essentially be able to enjoy dinner and you can enjoy it in smaller bites and smaller amounts because you're not ravenous when it gets served to you. Tip number five, I like to call this the half it rule. So typically when you're at a buffet or when you're at a large dinner party and things like your favorite dishes start to roll around, instead of having the mentality of I'm never going to have this again, I tell people to have the half it mentality. And what that is, is really just when you want it, half it. And then maybe half that again, because our portion sizes are massive nowadays. I just use the half it rule because you still get a little taste of what you're looking for, but you don't have to worry about over consuming copious, copious, copious amounts of it. You just get to feel really good about having a small piece of it, having that craving satisfied, but then also feeling like you're not missing out on it. So if you're looking for something, half it and then half it again, because really you only want the first couple of bites because after that, Everybody tastes the same and it's not as exciting as the first few. Tip number six is to eat in order grains, protein, heavy carbs. So this is a food rule or a food combining rule, essentially. 
And this is because we digest carbohydrates the fastest, especially our you know watery fruits and vegetables. We digest those in anywhere between 30 to two hours, sorry, 30 hours, 30 minutes to two hours. Protein, on the other hand, is anywhere between four to six, and fats can be upwards of six hours. When it comes to heavy carbs, those are just going to be the ones that essentially I want you to eat the least of, especially the starchy carbs, because digestive rules, it would go greens, protein, fats, and then heavy carbs. And that's not because you wouldn't digest those carbs fastest. You would. You would digest them um, faster than you would fats, but usually that's when people are having things like mac and cheese and you know double-stuffed potatoes and things like that, and it's really the food that I don't want you having the most amounts of. So when you sit down at the dinner table, and if you ever have a meal with me, you'll see me do this. I always, always, always eat my salad first, followed by any sautéed or steamed vegetable. Then I move on to the protein, and then I move on to the fat component. If the fat is built in through a sauce, I eat the protein and the fat together. Also, sometimes the fat is also within the dressing for the salad. But you will always see me eat lightest to heaviest on my plate. And that's because first, if I'm filling myself with fruits and vegetables, I am leaving limited amounts of space for all of the sweet treats and all the things at the end. And even if I do have them, I might have a quarter of the amount instead of two full servings of apple pie. Okay, tip number seven is small, slow bites. This is a really easy tip when it comes to just slowing down. There is no race to finish. And if you're someone who gets nervous that there won't be enough food left over by the time you go for seconds because you didn't take enough the first time, what I recommend you do is just take a little bit extra and put it off to a side plate and then you can eat it afterwards. If you're like me and going out to dinner with your family and your sharing plates brings you stress, I just take my serving, put it on my plate, and I can eat at my own pace. I am the slowest eater of my family and it's for a reason and for a purpose and that's because it is so important to take your time when you chew your foods because there's so much nutrition lost because your stomach and your body has to expend so much energy just breaking down and digesting things because you were too lazy to chew. Your stomach does not have teeth so it has acid and it has again some incredible components in it like bile and things like that to essentially emulsify and break down and to absorb all of the the benefits that your food has to offer but it has to work extremely hard if you can't go the extra steps of chewing your food so small bites chew more frequently it'll make your meal last longer other people might go for three or four servings within that time frame of you having one but then you also lose the FOMO the fear of missing out because you're still enjoying food with them you're just enjoying your same single serving while they tuck into their fourth and then you will hear them complain after about how they don't feel so well how they gained a lot of weight over the holidays and you will be sitting there with a smile on your face because you know that you ate intuitively, you feel really confident about the foods that you use to fuel your body, but you also still got to partake in a lot of the holiday festivities and the good food without feeling like you missed out. That is incredible. That is a huge win. Tip number eight. Okay. And this I think is pretty awesome. Um, bring your own dish. And I say this as like an, ex- I say that this is an experiment. So I tell people to bring their own dishes and just tell the host or whoever is again, hosting the dinner or whoever tells you to bring a dish say, I'm experimenting with this new recipe and I want to get your guys' opinion of it. So if it's something that you know you're going to enjoy and that it can be your backup meal, especially if there's not a good, a lot of good, healthy options on the table for you, a great thing to do is just say, I'm experimenting with this new healthy dish. I do want to try my oven roasted sweet potatoes with pomegranate seeds and maple pecans and then just see what they say. 
but it's an easy way to ensure that first off, you know that there is something extremely healthy for you to eat at the party and that you won't have to worry about trying to run and grab a bunch of vegetables or feeling like you're going to be starving later on in the night. It's one of my favorite go-to tips, especially when someone is nervous about going over to um, a dinner party or going to an event. Uh, at least it gives them the peace of mind to know that there will be something for them. Tip number nine, we have two more guys, is bring a healthified dessert. So this is something that you can do like dark chocolate covered strawberries. You can make your own keto brownies. You can make some of my energy bites that are found on my website. There's I think 16 recipes or so in there. If you go to my website, lindsaymustard.com, there is a favorite section and there should be Lindsay's Ultimate Energy Bite Bundle. There are so many Christmas-inspired recipes in there and you can bring those to any of your holiday festivities and your parties. It's a great way to introduce your friends to healthy, nutritious, whole food living, but it also doesn't lack the flavor. So it's an incredible way to essentially hook them right from the beginning. So bring your own health by dessert. Have, I know, a piece of or have a small piece of whatever they're offering that you're craving or have a big piece of your healthy dessert and then add a lot of fruit to it. That's my go-to. You'll see me have like a quarter piece of a dark chocolate um, slice of cake and then I'll have a heaping portion of fruit and I'll always eat my fruit first and then I'll eat my cake. Always, every single time. Tip number 10 is eat to nourish and not to nurture. And when I get into my eating sort of story, I will share more about this, but that is a big rule that I try to follow is to ensure that I'm nourishing my body and I'm eating for hunger cues and that I'm not eating because I'm trying to nurture myself. I'm not trying to nurture an emotion that's unpleasant to feel or experience. I'm not trying to nurture myself to preoccupy myself if I'm bored or trying to entertain myself. I'm not trying to nurture myself by saying that I'm never going to have this again or that I'm attempting to go on another diet. Diets are dumb, which is why I think they have, they start with the word die and then end with the T. Um, and I think it just means because you'd rather die than go on a diet and the T stands for temporary. So die it. There you go. That's the definition of it in my, in Lindsay's vocabulary land. But you really have to look in terms of every time you sit down, every time you pick up your fork, what is the purpose of it? And this is not to make you overthink your relationship with food. This is about to. This is about trying to get you to reestablish a new foundation for the way that you approach eating, and that's because food literally is fuel. I've never felt so good in my life, and that's for a number of reasons: for supplementation, for you know having a job that I love, getting to share all of this information with you guys, for having essential oils, for hydrating properly, for eating nutritiously. There's so many benefits of it, but really, when you look at food. All its purpose should serve is a little bit of joy because it's fun to have fun in the kitchen. And it's great to also go and travel and to experience different cultures, cuisines, and their dishes. But really, it's fuel. It's fuel for, it's the jet fuel that you need to live the life of your dreams, to pursue everything that you want to do with passion, with purpose, and with endless amounts of energy and an unbreakable stream of, again, energy and just this vibrancy and this this high that you never feel like you come crashing down because you are so properly well taken care of and you eat for the right reasons. So whew, take a deep breath in. Like I said, we are at the end of a very, very long day of um, podcast recording. So I'm going to wrap up there. Like I said, 10 tips for creating a bulletproof plan when it comes to a binge-free holidays. And I'm so excited to share these tips with you because they have been instrumental for me when it comes to avoiding binge eating throughout the holidays. So if you need them, they're in the show notes below. And I am so, so thankful for you guys for following along and for being a part of this podcast and for sharing the, the wealth of information and the knowledge and the guest expert interviews that we have on the show. It is, uh, I can't, I can't imagine doing anything else with my time. 
I love popping on this podcast. I love sitting at home late on a Thursday evening in the dark recording a podcast episode for you guys because that's where my passion's at. That's where my heart is. And I know that all of the, the time, the effort, and the, the work that I'm putting in, I'll reap the rewards in the future. But I also know that you guys will live the healthiest and most positive and joyous lives possible because you have the tools and you don't feel overwhelmed by what you need to do. So if you feel like you need to listen to this podcast podcast episode a couple of times, please do so because there's so many good tips in here that I've, again, spent a couple years collecting and a couple years binge eating in order to create and to share with you guys. So without further ado, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please be sure that you share this with your friends, rate and review the podcast as well, and I will see you guys in the next episode.